You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to. Do not to not elsewhere. Not elsewhere. 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 Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Us Reclassified podcast. I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. If this is the first time that you're listening to this podcast, welcome. Please make sure to subscribe us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, don't forget our partners. Our partners include uh, the Haugen Consulting Group, Brad RX, Project Resume. Uh, keep in mind that our partners have joined with us to provide special pricing. So if you want to take advantage of that, please make sure to go to medicalcodinggeek.com slash promos or go to medicalcodinggeek.com slash partners. Today on the podcast, I have Erica Brady. When you get into listening to this episode, uh, you'll get an understanding of mentorship. And there is a previous episode on the podcast where we talk about mentorship, but this is more of a first-hand experience of me mentoring a student. Uh, we go into how we connected, how we continually connected, and we talk about her uh I guess challenges during her HIM program and up and leading to her graduation and passing her RHIA exam. So if you're looking to become a mentor or if you're looking for a mentor and also if you're looking to get some exam tips, you'll find this in this episode. So without further ado, here's my interview with Erica Brady. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, welcome to the Not Elsewhere Classified podcast. It's been a while since I did an interview. Today on the podcast, or today on today on today's episode, we have Erica Brady. Is that how I say your last name? Erica Brady, right? Brady. Brady. Like okay. Tom Brady. Oh, like Brady. Tom Brady. Yes. <laughs> are, you, <laughs> are you are you a Patriots fan? I thought it was Brady, but it sounds so the accent. So let everybody know what is your background, your cultural background, or your ethnicity. Well, I was born here in the United States. I've never left the state of Florida. Uh -huh. uh, I will eventually, but both of my parents are from Haiti. Okay, yes. so you're Haitian, yes. So okay. I am Haitian American. Great. Mm -hmm. So again, thank you for being on or just agreeing to be part of this uh podcast episode it's been a long time coming I, and and um we'll talk about you know our how we connected and your uh college journey which you completed recently and you obtained your rhi certification and we'll talk about what you're going to do now um so let's talk about how you connected so you are a you were at the time let me you know what let me let me talk about that let me talk i actually pulled up the email <laughs> 
So found it, yay. I found it. So uh, for those that are listening, uh, Erica Brady or Erica um, is a student or was a student uh, at Florida A&M University in Tallahassee, right? So that's where it is. Uh, they have an HIM program there. Uh, it was, and I have the date, which is, which is, <laughs> it, it looks weird because it's December 30th. Which is my sister's birthday. Uh, so you, December, December 30th, 2017, uh, what you did. Wow. Yeah. That's a long time. <laughs> I have it. I, write down, I, wrote, I got I it. I was so. expecting you to say 2018. No, 2017. Okay. So uh, up until now, we've known each other since then. Uh, let me read the email. So here's what happened. Uh, and just to give you guys, so you could probably like, who's Erica? Erica was a student. She's a she's a graduate of an HIM program, FNA, FA, FAMU, Florida A&M University. Um, she in 2017 she had reached to me, reached out to me to be a mentor to her. Uh, she went to the. AHIMA website, and we'll talk about why you went there. But let me, you know, I wanted to start off by reading um, the email, <laughs> which sounds pretty <laughs> oh, cute. <God. laughs> so the subject is uh, <laughs> FAMU HIIM Health Information Informatics Management uh, student, and the message says, uh, when did you send this? You sent this to me at 11.03 p.m. So I don't know what you were doing <laughs> December 30. All right, so let me read it. You said, good evening, Mr. Quee. My name is Erica, and I am a third year. Uh, so you were a, a sophomore, right? I'm oh, sorry, junior. Uh, health, informa- yes. health Informatics and Information Management student at Florida A&M University after college. So you weren't even thinking about like your your, col- your college career. You're already thinking forward ahead. Uh, after college, yes. <laughs> I would like to, I would like to pursue the CDIP and CCS certifications. I was wondering if you could please be one of my mentors. And your email, your 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 number. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> so walk the. Um, oh my goodness. So walk the audience uh, into how did you. Uh, get into Ahima, or why were you looking? I I already explained why you wanted to, uh, why you why you reached out to me. But what made you go to Ahima and and search for a mentor? Or how did you find me? That's that's the question I wanted to know. <laughs> well, um, I believe there was a panel, a HIM panel, um, in one of the computer labs at Florida A and M University, and the former. Um, Fahima president, Courtney Simmons, came by, who's also a graduate of Florida A&M University, um, HIM's program, and she came in and she started talking to us about her experiences, about coding, about what it's like being a student of Dr. Burke, Dr. Cooper, and Dr. McNeil, um, and she started giving us pointers. Um, she told us to talk about the future, not just the present, to not to look so far ahead because at the same time, you want to be able to plan effectively. Um, one of the things that I made sure I wrote down in my one of my notebooks, which I have no idea where it is now, but um, one of the things I will always remember her talk about is simply the um, how important it is to have a mentor. So at that time, I never really had one. I was like, well, of course, I, I can look to my professors as mentors, which um, Dr. Laura Lindbergh, um, I consider her my mentor. Same thing with Dr. Cooper. Um, 
but yeah, the way she she, I guess, empowered that was just so uplifting. So I went ahead, you know, I did my research. She gave us the website, and um, I believe on the HEMA Engage. Oh my goodness, this is a long time I've been on that website. <laughs> but um, on the HEMA <laughs> Engage, um, they have like the HIM topics spread out, as well as the type of degree or the type of certification that you want your um, HIM mentor to have. So I just checked all of them. I was like, eh, like, what's the point of <laughs> really, you know, just filtering it? Um, I believe one of the main things I just wanted to pay attention to in terms of searching for a mentor on the HEMA Engage website was my favorite topics, um, CDI, healthcare data analytics, quality improvement, um, coding. So when I went ahead and, you know, filtered those, I saw about, oh, and also you can filter by city and state as well. Um, I made sure I put Florida. Um, I think they also do it by region, so maybe northwest Florida or southwest Florida. Um, I believe that's how they did it, if I'm not mistaken. And, yeah, and you popped up um, one of my other HEMA engaged um, mentors, Tiffany McKenzie, who's a coder now. Okay. Um, she popped up as well, yes. And I was like, oh, um, so who else popped up? I think Courtney did pop up as well. Um, so I think she's in the St. Petersburg area. Um, and there's so many other um, people from Florida. Um, I did reach out to a lot more people, but I guess, I don't know, schedules can get crazy in the HIM realm. Um, so I don't think I ever really got contact. But I was like... I really wanted, I know this sounds a little crazy, but I really wanted a male mentor because I in HIM, you don't see a lot of men right. <laughs> in our, in our uh, profession. So I really wanted to um, definitely get close to that. I definitely wanted to have that type of experience and just get a different point of view, get a different point of experience. And um, and just go from there. I think I've always, I always liked having you know male teachers and male mentors because I'm such a tomboy. So I always <laughs> talked about like video games and sports with my mentors and my uh, professors. So it was it was always nice to have. So that was one of the things that gravitated me towards you. And plus, um, one of the reasons because you have the CDIP um, certification. I was like, oh, I had to ask him tons of questions and. That was that was it, pretty much. Cool. Yeah, I think let me see, when was that? December thirtieth. Yeah, I was still in um I would so just to give you perspective of what was going on with me in my career, I two thousand seventeen. Yeah. I, I, I was still, still in South uh, Florida, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. still in South Florida and um I was in the process of getting a <laughs> getting a new house uh i think it was i think in october it was just it w they broke ground so it was in the process of being built um so that was a crazy time uh i think let's see what else the podcast was still going i think it just got started yes yeah, so 2017 was when the podcast just started in in july uh so there was a lot of things going on at the time um and I think you know the thing in my experience with um, going back to the uh, the Engage website. Uh, just so for those that are listening, it's Engage E N G A G E dot A H I M A dot org. I'll put the links in the 
in the notes. Um, I've gotten a lot of requests for mentorship and, um, I think you're the only one that's stuck. <laughs> Just to, really? To, yeah. So I've, I've received many of them, many of them, many of them. And, and, um, I, I am totally open for, for mentoring people only if they stick with me. Um, it's not like I should be approaching you. You should be also approaching me. But I think over, over, over many people that have requested, I think you stuck. Like you, you stayed with me, and because you stayed with me, I stayed with you. Uh, so it's like yeah. we. I think when you, for those that are trying to look for a mentor, and I, we've have a previous um, an episode uh, about mentors. Um, but I think just con- continuing forward, I think I think what's most important rather than verse, uh, well, aside from just obtaining a mentor is developing that relationship. And in when people reached out to me, I think they just want a quick question answered. And I think that was it. Then I would lose contact with them. But with you, we had many phone calls. I told you to text me and you would yep. text me. You would even yep. <laughs> um, LinkedIn me. Like, I, I'm, let me go back to, let me see. I'm, I'm Just so everybody know, I'm, I'm on my computer. And uh, yeah, we scheduled so many afterwards. I'll give you the dates. Like we had, because I used um, Calendly. So I had you, I said, set up a time with me. We'll set up a time to talk. And I'll just add to my uh, busy schedule. So uh, I added there. So like every, let's see. So there were plenty in the following month. So like there was like four calls. Then in yeah. March, then then it kind of like tapered off. But then I think more or less we stopped with the calls and then we went to uh, texting, Text right? So yeah. So that so let's get to the first call. I don't know if you remember, but when we set up the call, let me see. When did we set up a call? Let me see. Yeah, Jan. You said okay. So I'm following the email messages, which is kind of weird that I have. Um, let's see. Uh, well, whatever. I think it was. Let's see. It had to be. We finally got it in January, right? Somewhere in January. And um, do you remember that call at all? <laughs> hmm, wow. Um, let's see. January that would be twenty eighteen. Yes. So, hmm. Like I know you I had your your questions on on CDI and, and and CCS, but like yeah. like what were your? Because I, I, I remember, but I want you to tell me <laughs> what what, oh. what were the things that you remember. Um, one of the things that I remember, of course, is the CDI discussion. I remember talking about um, uh, what it means to really, um, I guess, in a way, prepare for the CDI credential. Because most of the time, um, when you look at CDI, it's so nurse-driven now. It's not, you know, um, an HIM credential. No one really sees it as that um, anymore. Um, and I remember talking to you about um, how can I gain that clinical knowledge, that clinical aspect, because that to me, yeah, that to me was the most difficult part. And that's why more so now, I, of course, data analytics was always one of my main topics, my favorite topics in HIM. That's why I'm starting to lean more towards it now compared to CDI. But I, and I still think about it to this day. I'm, I have a, 
you know, a note section in my phone and I listed all of the different credentials and degrees, not that I'll necessarily obtain, but just credential and degrees that I am interested in. So, you know, like, for example, um, like the CCS, of course, the CHDA, the CCDS, um, the CPHQ, which is the, um, I know a lot of people don't know about the CPHQ because that's not an AHIMA credential, but that is um, Certified Professional in Healthcare Quality, and that is through the NAHQ, and one of my um, favorite topics is quality improvement and performance improvement, so I went ahead and, you know, I, I like to do research. I think that was, that's my biggest thing. Um, I like to keep myself engaged, and I have people tell me, um, all the time, even some of my um, former mentors, um, some of my high school teachers, um, they will always say, like, oh, don't think too far ahead because then sooner or later you're just going to keep changing your mind, changing your mind, changing your mind, and you're going to lose sight of what the future can actually look like. But for me, it's just like this This is how I motivate myself throughout school. This is how um, – I'm able to engage in conversations with my mentors, not so, not only so I can just, you know, benefit myself, but benefit them. Like, hey, maybe we can have a discussion on something, on a topic that they either haven't heard in a long time or um, a topic that they just not interested in it and now, and now are because of how I'm talking about it. Because to me, I just wish that I would have known about, and now I think that was one of the conversations that we had too, is I just wish I would have known more about HIM before getting into it because I was first a pharmacy major because that's all I thought about. When I was in high school, I loved chemistry. And my chemistry teacher, who's also a Florida A&M graduate, um, he graduated with his degree in chemistry. He was the one who introduced me into pharmacy and um in that clinical aspect of pharmacy, not just retail pharmacy. Um, so because of that, I was like, oh, okay, I'm just going to go to family for pharmacy and just call it a day. And then when I got there, it's like I'm a freshman. Uh, I don't know how to study. Uh, I don't have any <laughs> guidance. I think this is just like high school no. when it's completely not. <laughs> and, you know, I did so terrible. Like, I, I don't mind telling people that, hey, my first semester of college, I started with a 1.8 GPA. Wow. That's how terrible, and it's not that I was not putting my best foot forward. It was just I just didn't know how to study. Yeah. That was around the time where, okay, I, I made um, study schedules on Excel. Like I would, you know, just map them out. I would put my, um, my study schedule. I would put my class schedule on there. And... I think one of the best things what a lot of college students don't tend to do when they think of a study schedule is put time for sleep and as well as time for your favorite shows. Because my biggest thing is, okay, well, if you know you have a show that's on ABC or whatever at 8 p.m., 9 p.m., there's, I don't find it to be an issue if you were to put that, you know, that time frame on your study schedule because, you know you're going to watch that show. <laughs> you know you're not going to study, you know. And I think the most important thing is to be honest with yourself. Um, so I think that's, that's just really important. And I remember talking to you about how I did my study schedules and, you know, what led me to HIM, which, by the way, was my sister-in-law. She was the one who first introduced me into HIM because when I was thinking about changing my major, because I was like, yeah, I'm not doing pharmacy 
that white coat is just not going to be for me. Um, and I remember, you know, telling her, I was like, oh, you know, I'm just going to do healthcare management and just because, you know, I just want to be in that administrative aspect of healthcare. But I was like, mm, I looked at the curriculum and I, I, something didn't click until I saw the curriculum for HIM. Then I was like, oh, this is a medical records and health informatics, and I was doing research on what health informatics is, and I was looking into the quality improvement class, the health information systems, where we learned about EHRs, EMRs, where we learned about um, CLIA, where we learned about um, the revenue cycle management, where we learned about analytics and things of that nature. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is where I'm going. Yeah. So, and, and I just made sure I tried my best to, you know, just put my best foot forward and, you know, stay positive. Right. Wonderful. Um, so here's what I remember. <laughs> and you probably you gave like a really good um, uh, timeline on, on uh, well, you answered a couple questions that I really wanted to ask was how did you get into HAM? So you answered that. Um, and then the study schedule. But uh, let's go back to the call. So the call. So. On, for those that want to be mentors or have experience in, I guess, or maybe didn't really have um, uh, or what to, and you, you want to be a mentor but don't know what to expect. Um, when I got the call from Erica, she was just, I, I know she, I like, I can hear it in her voice. I know she had a bunch of questions right away. And you can tell now because she <laughs> she loves to talk, which is good. I, I love when mentors like to talk versus um, when the mentee wants to listen to the mentor talk, I would rather you tell yeah. me what you want versus tell me about me. Cause if, if, cause it's your college path, it's your career. So one of the things that I immediately knew right away is like, this girl can talk. So I was like, good. So, <laughs> <laughs> I said, like, good. Oh my that's, goodness. that's number yeah. one. And I think that's a, that's a very important skill. Um, as an HIM professional, or just period, as a as just a professional in healthcare, period, is just the fact that you need to talk. If you don't talk, then you're not going to get anywhere. Uh, so immediately right. when I got the call, I'm like, this girl can talk. I know she has a lot of questions. I know it's in CDI, and I, I can tell right away. Like it's it's like. I know you had a direction, but you just didn't know. Like you had your hands up, down, left, right, and you were just coming to me mm-hmm. at all different directions. And you had a whole bunch of questions in different directions from coding to CDI to data analytics. And then I think I remember the, you ended off because I think since you were um, your third year, you were talking about classes. And how, you remember the healthcare finance class? <laughs> Oh my goodness! You were talking about so that you had some struggles in that, and I think you were asking me about how to schedule it. What would you want to do? But you know, when but I think what you really needed to do was just to talk, and you had all of this yeah. built up um, energy, right? Energy that needed and to go in, in some direction, whatever energy, mad energy, happy energy, sad energy. I think you had so much built up, you just needed to release, and I think you did the great. Uh, you did a fir- very good first step in just finding somebody just to lay it on. And I think it takes somebody to who is being the mentor to be able to take on that uh, energy. 
and as the mentor, you have to direct the energy in the right direction or in a direction. I don't think it's it, it's a matter of finding the right direction. It's just put that person in the in a direction so that way they can continue forward. Because to me, like the way you were approaching me, you were just like zigzagging. Maybe you go to the left and then you come back to the center <laughs> and then you go to the right, and then maybe you go backwards yeah. and you came back to me. The, hold on, hold on. So if you were like if like if you were in person, like I would have to grab your shoulders. Like Erica, you gotta relax uh you gotta gotta a little bit there so yeah that was our first call and i think um just a lot of energy just just needed to be shaped right like okay let's let's figure out and kind of like weed off i know you had like a lot of things on your plate and i think what we needed to figure out was you know strategically what is the plan that you need to do and we talked about the future the future is good and you mentioned, you know, your previous people telling you not to look so forward. But I think I kind of disagree with that also, because if you're not looking forward, you don't know what to expect. You don't know how to, especially when in yeah. HIM, I think it's very important to adapt. And if you're not, if you don't know what to expect in the industry, which I've talked about in previous, uh, in a previous episode, is if you're not, if you don't know what's going on in the industry, and if you're just stuck on the books, you know, then it gets difficult for you to adapt. Like in my situation, uh, you know, you're talking about trying to uh, I'm in CDI. I want to find another jo- a job in CDI, but I can't because the industry has changed and where uh, CDI mm-hmm. only required RN. So how do you adapt? How do you how do you change yourself to where you become more marketable? And so uh, that's where you know, podcasting, creating Facebook groups, and that going into the speaking circuit, that just totally opened up a new avenue. All right. So that was our first call. And I think afterwards, we got like a whole bunch of calls. I think, you know, what had happened is that, you know, I think after those calls, it became more like scheduling. Like, how do I, what class Mm -hmm. do I need to take? Um, Yeah, I I kind of, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was saying, I remember, because um, you talked about how energized I was and how angry I was as well, because, I mean, like, I failed, I think, managerial accounting probably two times. I passed it on my third try. I was like, listen, this managerial accounting class is so, like, I just wanted to take my textbook, throw it across the room, light it on fire, rip it up, throw it in the rain whatever, because I was just completely done with that class. And I remember you telling me to, um, to steady, to keep myself steady, to always calm down. And I remember there were certain times where also, I think around that same time as well, I called with, you know, I was having a panic attack. Yeah, I, I remember, anxiety attack. I remember and, that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just, I was just out of it. I was going completely crazy um and i say that because well let's let's let me let, let, let me hold let me hold yeah. you off on that so so okay. what well what, what, you talk about a panic attack and i think i think students and professionals need to be aware you know nowadays we're talking about mental health and stuff like that what and we'll get into the struggle like the the challenges so like what are some of the challenges that you uh encounter coming into your third year when you when you came to me and you know looking for mentorship what were you dealing with at the time hmm. at that time i was dealing with 
simply my parents just not thinking that I was going to be successful. And not that because, you know, I wouldn't put in the work or anything like that, but they just didn't know what HIM yeah, was. Uh-huh. They don't know what <laughs> HIM <with> is. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing when, with Caribbean cultures and, you know, co- and different cultures from around the world is we're so accustomed, well, they are so accustomed to just hearing, you know, pharmacy, doctor, lawyer, um, you know, physical therapist, nursing. <laughs> so they're, those are the only ones that they constantly know. And so when someone, you know, when they have a child that doesn't want to pursue one of those careers, it's like, oh, okay, well, you're probably not going to be successful or you're not going to be motivated or and things of that nature. And um, I'm a first-generation college um, graduate, uh, my sister was the first one to get her bachelor's from FIU. Um, she obtained it in recreational therapy, and my parents were so crazy about that as well because at first she wanted to do physical therapy, but she um, wasn't able to get into the program, and she just she just basically re- needed to reevaluate her whole life. So she looked into recreational therapy and. You know, my parents were upset, so I, I dealt with a lot of pressure of, okay, I know that I'm happy, but how can I make my parents happy? Because at the end of the day, um, my parents don't come from money. My parents come from a very poor country. And coming here poor as well, you know, it's, it's really difficult um, because it's really hard to sit down and have conversations with my parents about higher education without it getting emotional, without there being any type of resentment. Because, you know, in Caribbean cultures, they're always, you know, comparing you to someone else's child. And because of that, you have to, (laughs) yeah, you have to constantly live up to that over and over and over again. And it's just like, it, it was it was it was rough, and I remember that panic attack was really crazy. I think I texted you at like yeah. maybe one uh-huh. four in the morning or something like that. <laughs> it was in the middle of the night, and I was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Ryan, listen, I don't know what's going on." Like, and the, the crazy part about that I, that wasn't the first time, of course, I had an anxiety attack because right. I've had many before. Um, but that was the first time where I had an anxiety attack, and my body was painful. It was extremely painful. Normally, I'm just, you know, crying a lot, just hyperventilating, you know, releasing all of that. But that was the first time where, okay, I'm starting to feel pain in my bones. I'm starting to feel pain in my legs. And I remember um, around that time I texted you, I woke up and my pillow was soaked with water. I didn't even realize that I was crying in my sleep until I got up. So, yeah, it it was really tough, um, and and it's tough now because even though I am you know currently employed, it's not directly in HIM as much as I would like. Um, but I think building the experience and getting to know um, the current industry that I'm working in, the plasma industry, biopharmaceutical industry, I think it's really important because at the end of the day, healthcare is healthcare. You're doing something in the benefit of someone's health. So I think. I think that's really important, and I was able, you know, to sit down and have that conversation with my parents, but 
you know, Caribbean parents, as soon as you graduate, they celebrated <laughs> yeah. for like that day. And then like two days later, uh-huh. my mom is like, okay, well, well what you going to do now? And a doctorate now. So yeah, it was, it, it, it was a pretty interesting week. Yeah. Uh, yeah pretty yeah. interesting couple of months. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess, uh, I mean, it, uh, you say it's in the Caribbean, but it's also, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, my background is Filipino and, and I got the same thing. I think the, the, the issue, I think the, what you can't really blame the parents per se. Uh, but I think it's just, they don't know. They don't know what HIM is. They don't know what you can do with it. They don't know anybody else who. <laughs> I'm sure they don't know anybody else who is an HIM. Like, I don't know what that is. Or even in the case of your sister, recreational um, uh, therapy. Like, for me, it was physical therapy. Like, oh, you know, and then my mom's like, no, nah, don't go because uh, there's so many physical therapists, blah, blah, blah. And I said, what about music therapy? Because I used to play piano. I like, oh, no, there's, I don't even know what that is. And so she, she didn't really was into that. And she said, why don't you do nursing as well? You know, the outcome for me trying to get into nursing program was no good. And so I never got in. So, uh, that's where HIM, and so like, what is HIM? And, and I said, look, you know that uh, this is the only thing that I can do, and you know, I, and I know they were disappointed. But then, when of course, when you graduate, I mean, shoot, I, they took me out to mm-hmm. a steakhouse <laughs> and everything. <laughs> yeah, same for me. You know, for me. you know, they took you out, and then and one. then the same yeah. thing. Like, well, what are you going to do next? And so I, I think at the time when I graduated, I already was in. Uh, in the hospital setting, I was a radiology clerk. So you're you're telling me your position. I'm I'm actually impressed by your position. You're in, like in a quality quality position, right? In in the pharmaceutical, right? Yes. Um, well, CSO Plasma is a plasma and um, biopharmaceutical company, mm. and I'm currently. Well, I just got hired about a month, yeah. a month ago, and we'll get into and that. So I'm a yes, and I'm a quality specialist. That is my position title, but currently, right now. I'm a reception tech because I have to learn the whole entire business in order for me to be a quality specialist. Because, because as you know, like dealing with quality and dealing with improvement is dealing with documentation. So if I don't know the company and how it's run and I don't know, you know, standard operation procedures and if I don't know work instructions and I don't know the quality management system, of course, I can't sit there and review someone's work and expect to know exactly what I'm doing or to see or point out what they're doing is right or wrong. I have to be able to investigate. So being able to do that and just currently just, you know, constantly just, I don't know. It's it's so like hard to explain in a sense because it's a completely different industry because as soon as I, you know, graduated or, um, during my time as an HIM student, I just wanted to go straight to the hospital. And that's one of the things that I really appreciate as well about um, my mentors and about my professors is in, because they were always like, you know, you don't have to work only in a hospital in HIM. You know, you can go into so many different areas, so many different um, companies, so many different just, just functions of life itself because HIM is important information itself is important so you know so being able to do that was just and just be in this position I'm very grateful and very happy where I am I think I think when and you make a good point that that the hospital is not the only is the shouldn't be the only way I think when you you have to follow where the information is going and that's that was my approach 
is I, I don't want to be in the hospital. And and, and I, even even before I graduate, right before I graduate, I I am not going to get into coding. <laughs> After taking my CBT class, I'm not going to be a coder. I'm not going to touch those codes. I don't like coding, you know, and uh, and look what happened. Right. You know? So, uh, but I think at least for my approach, it was always what can I do with the education that I have? It doesn't necessarily have to be you have to be an HIM manager or you have to be a coder or you have to be an informatics. What can I do with the skills that I have learned in my college uh, years and how can I, you know, promote that in my career? It regardless of trying to meet that mold of, you know, of, of HIM trying to fit that mold. I don't think to me that's that wasn't my my goal. Uh, but regardless, whatever the opportunities that came my way, I took it, you know, so I, that's why that's where I am now. Uh, because it was given to me, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll. I've always said, I was like, if if an opportunity comes my my way, I'm always going to take it, even if I know I am not qualified for it. Uh, so that <laughs> that's one of the words of advice that I can give. Um, let's get back to. I don't want to go back. I, I, I the panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I hate to go back to it, but I I, I just want to just create continuity in what we talked about. So I remember that that text, and I was sleeping, and I'm like, "What is this? Why is she texting me?" And then and then it was like one o'clock, and I and I opened my eyes. I never told you, so I opened my eyes, and I'm like, "What is this?" I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" And I think I texted you. It was at two two o'clock, but I was so sleepy, and I fell back asleep. But I woke up at like six, and I'm like, "Is everything?" Okay, and then you. I yeah. think I think that's where our texting relationship happened. So, uh, <laughs> what's from your panic attack? So then we like we figured yes. like we figured it out without telling each other. I think texting is is pretty good uh, at this point. You don't have to set up a call. And I said, you know, you could text me, and so we would text each other. And I think, um, like, I was concerned. Like, you know, if you if if you're having these these attacks, then you need to. I mean, you. I was in South Florida. You're all the way out in Tallahassee. I mean, there's not much that I can do. You know, the only thing I could do is is offer my best advice at the time. I said, you know, maybe you need to go see somebody, uh, check to see yeah. if the school has any resources in terms of like therapy or just somebody. I mean, you could talk to me. I said, you could talk to me, but I'm sure there's other people who are uh, licensed, yeah, you know, and, and qualified to help you out. So uh, I remember that. Um, and those were, and you mentioned the parents and then we talked about that too. Um, so after that, after that, it was just like on and off, right? So you're talking about your school, yeah. you're checking, you said, hi, Brian, how you doing? And stuff like that. And just became more, you know, checking in on each other, uh, within 2018. And then I think, uh, it was up until, uh, I would like to say 2018 last year in the fall, that's when you, that's your final year, right? And so you started to buckle down and uh, he's like, oh, this is my final year. But there was one concern that you had and that, well, what was the, what, well, this is a special school. So not to say special in terms of um, uh, the program itself, but in terms of how it was structured. So, can you tell the audience, in order for you to graduate, what did you need to do before you obtain your diploma? Uh, you had to take a, we had, well, we had to take a mock exam, uh, which is basically a replica of the actual RHIA exam. 
But in order for you to pass the mock exam, of course, you know, everyone who knows who study, who is currently studying and who have studied for the RHIA exam is composed of five domains. So you have to score an 80% on all five domains. So for me, yes, you, it, you have to basically gain um, 80% overall. And I believe the, my first attempt, if I'm not mistaken, um, I think I was at maybe 65, 62 to 65%. That was my first attempt of taking all five domains. That's not bad. Um, and it was, yeah. It, oh, thank you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and we were just taking the exam. The thing is with the mock exam, though, like let's say, for example, um, domains one two, domains one and two, you got the 80% on that first attempt. And then you all you need to do is get an 80% on domains three, four, and five. Or when you come in the next day to take the mock exam, you don't have to do domains one and two all over because you meet that criteria. So you just go ahead and, and move on to three, four, and five. But the biggest thing about that was the more times you take the mock exam or the components of the mock exam, the more your average score of an 80% will continue to go down. So it's the best the best thing that um we tried to do was to basically pass it on our second or third try because how the point system was is i believe you get six or seven tries for each domain <laughs> wow. as as a whole and basically two times if it takes you two times you can if it, if you pass within the, the two attempts you get an a uh, I believe four attempts was a B and six attempts was a C. Yeah. If it took you more than six tries to pass that mock exam, of course, a D is not passing. Oh, of course. So, yeah. So that I think um, I think we took it in our seminar class, if I'm not mistaken, and that was a one credit hour course. So yeah, that that was rough. And the crazy thing is about that was. I didn't pass the mock exam at all. <laughs> so that was really rough. And I remember. Well, what did you, what was your score though? My overall score was about a, I think it was about a 65. Um, oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> and you had to. Cause I wanted to say, I wanted to say that the, that um, you say the passing score is 80. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, I don't think the Ahima shows the score anymore. It just shows if you pass or fail, uh, but I remember uh, in when uh, students used to post their scores on the Facebook group that we have, it was you have to have a, at least a seventy-five to pass. Right. So the fact that the industry is asking for seventy-five, but the school is asking for eighty, that just tells you the caliber. Yes. Or really, what what the school wants out of the student. Yes. Because I think I thought about that as well. Because the thing is, when you go on the HEMA website, they don't show it by percentage; they show it by points. That I believe it was um, three hundred. I think for all their exams, it's three hundred out of four hundred in order to pass. And of course, if you were to calculate that, that's seventy-five percent. So I'm assuming, oh, okay, I need a seventy-five to pass. But when we heard eighty percent, we was like, all me and my classmates were freaking <laughs> out. We were like. Oh my goodness, we know it's only five more points, but oh my, like, it was just that rough. And um, 
I remember during that time, of course, you had to pass the mock exam. That was one of the requirements. Um, if you were to pass the mock exam but fail the actual RHIA exam on the first attempt, you can still graduate. But if you don't pass the mock exam, you can't graduate at all. You might The graduation would be postponed another semester. So I didn't pass the mock exam, and it was going towards – I graduated on August 2nd, and I registered to take the – and we had a time frame, too. Um, I believe we had to register – by, for the um, RHIA exam, I want to say by the, the last week of June. And then by June, I think, not June, but July 15th or so, um, that was the time frame. That, that week there was where you already had to already taken that exam, that RHIA exam, and submit the score report to our HIM um, program director. And I remember I didn't pass the mock exam, um, and I registered for the RHIA for July 22nd <laughs> instead of July uh-huh. 15th because I'm like, listen, I know everybody else is going to try to go July you know, 15th during that week, but I was like, let me give myself an extra week because I just need, I just need that, that time to myself. Um, of course. And on July 22nd, which is one of the best days of my life, um, <laughs> I passed my exam and the crazy thing Well, let's is, get to, let's get to before that. Let's get to before yeah. that, uh, in, in preparation. So you, so let me get this right. You didn't pass the mock exam, no. but you passed, you, but you passed the RHIA exam. Yes. And that was my ticket to graduation. Okay. okay. Um, let's get back to exam preparation then. Mm-hmm. How did you prepare? Because I remember you telling me you have these uh, binders mm-hmm. that you created. So what was your system in preparing for the exam? Um, so basically, I just created, I had a, brought a huge, I think this is about a five, maybe six inch binder. And I put dividers in them. Um, I separated, of course, by domain, um, one through five. And in each divider, in each section, basically, I would put classwork, homework, projects, um, exams that I either we took online and I um, printed out my score or exams that we took in class and we got back. Um, So I did all of that and I just put them in sections. I put them by domains constantly over and over and over. And also um, I know a lot of the HIM students and other programs across the country uses the Oaks and Waters book, the fifth edition. And in that book, basically, on the like, I believe in the first two pages, it has, of course, the um, the table of contents. And with that, they separate each all the chapters by domain. So what I did was, I went ahead and did the practice test for each for almost each chapter because I don't think I finished the entire book. But I did um, the practice test for each. I did the, all the check your understandings within the each chapter, and I also wrote the vocabulary. Like some chapter, uh, some chapters had longer vocabulary um, lists than others, so I just went ahead and, in alphabetical order for each chapter, um, just wrote down the vocabulary words and wrote the definition, and I put those in, and I sorted it by domain. So that's pretty much what I did for my for my binders. Just create. Um, almost like a checklist 
in a sense. I had check your understanding mm-hmm. questions. I had practice quizzes. I had case studies. I had vocabulary. I had exams. I had projects. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, sorted by wow. domain. Yeah. My binder is pretty thick. And so basically you were running you were running through just a bunch of questions of different scenarios yes. within the domain. I think that's important because when you... Uh, now, I, I, I think it's very important to understand not just the the concept and the theory, but I think, and what I tell people when I used to tutor, I said, look, y- you can study the book all you want, but if you don't know how to approach the exam, if you don't know what they're going to throw at you as far as a situation, uh, you're not going to answer the question properly. So I, I like how you took the questions but i think more or less not the questions but what is the scenario in the question right uh because basically when you get into the exam it's just that situation so uh you had your system but then you you reached out to me the was it the day before the two days before was it when did you contact me before you went before you took the I exam think it was about two days before i took it yes Okay, like two days. Okay. So I got I got that text. He's like, I'm panic and like do I have e- do I have the email? Hold on, let me see. Let me see. Do I have it? I think I have it. <laughs> let me see. Let me go back. I always like to let me see. Let me see. No, no. When did you take the exam? I took it on July twenty second. I think it was a Monday, if I'm not mistaken. All right, so we got so I'm going back way oh yeah. Okay, so this is July. Oh, here it is. <laughs> you ready for the text? Oh, here it God. is. All right. Um, oh, yeah, because you called me. So it starts off, hey, Erica, you called me last night. This is July 19th okay. so on a Friday. This, so, so, hey, so you called me. I think I was doing something. I was in the, probably like around 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock before I usually go to sleep. <laughs> you, call, you either call or you text. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond to this the next morning. So you, um, you called me. And then eight in the morning, I responded back, and then I asked, "Hey, Erica, you called last night. Everything okay?" Uh, and then you said, "Good morning. Sorry for contacting you so late. <laughs> I think it was ten or eleven. I need. I just need a pep talk. I take the RHIA on Monday. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. immediately, <laughs> immediately, I knew. I'm like, oh, she needs one of my." Um, one of my talks in, in terms of exam preparation and oh not really exam preparation but exam taking which I've given a lot and so uh, I said look give me a call let's talk let's talk this afternoon and then um, so here's for those that are listening you guys are gonna get this so here's what I told well let, well what I told her was I'm gonna keep it short because I might have to do another separate episode okay. is there so there are different layers of taking the test right so i told her there are you could probably look at the exam from beginning to end i'd like to say from my experience four times right so you're going to look at it four times right the first time you're going to go through it and answer all the questions you know right off the bat answer them right skip the ones you don't know move on second time go back again and look at the questions that you, you read. Every time you have to read through the question, because I think every time you read the question and this, and every time you come back to it, you're reading it less because you you automatically in your memory like oh, I remember this question, I remember the scenario, and it gives you that time to uh, figure out what the scenario is and how to solve it. 
So every time you come back. So the second time you do it again, you find the question. By this time, you have an idea, maybe read through it. You kind of analyze the problem and how to solve it. And if you know the answer, answer it. Can, you know, skip the ones that you don't know. Do it again the third time. So for my experience, I told her when I took the CDIP back in 2015, that's what happened to me. And it only took up until the third time. So by the third time, I had like a few, like a handful of questions left. And I said, oh, you know, uh, I think at this time, if I don't know it, <laughs> you got to play that. You got, I mean, if you've already read it three times and you could only spend so much time on the question. And uh, I said, you know what, it's eeny, meeny, miny, mo time, or what is your gut instinct time? And so the third time, you got to look at the, the handful of questions and then just answer them, get it out of the way. And then I remember the fourth time, it was just making sure that I answered all the questions, uh, go back on the questions that uh, maybe you missed something, because I remember how to change the answer on one, on a few of them, not all of them, but I know... Um, there was one like, oh, I, I just missed it because I looked at the graph and I'm like, oh, I think I, I misinterpreted it and then I changed it. Um, so I told her those those things. Because so if I didn't tell you that, you probably would just gone through, looked at the question. And you're like, oh, no. So mm-hmm. uh, it would it was four. So you have to pass through it four times. So don't, you know, whatever answer you can whatever question you can answer right away just knock them out every pass until the time that you have only a handful then that is your like your logical time your gut instinct time like you know if you're throwing this scenario what would you do how would you answer it that's your time in the fourth time or whatever last time as long as you have enough time in the exam that is your time to like finalize things and then just hit the submit button and go um and i remember telling you uh, it's not about the concept, but just understand what's going on in the scenario. Uh, try to re- try to recall back to you know your your internships, your classes, in, in times that, of scenarios that you have encountered. It. I remember one time, um, it was a talk about the OIG, uh, Office of Office of Inspector General. Yeah, and I it was a question for me. It was a question on that. And I recalled a talk with Mario Perez, uh, who spoke about the Office of Inspector General. And guess what? <laughs> I answered that question. When I took my RHI exam, I remember you, Mario. You helped me with that, oh, that OIG question. And I got that question right. So, um, yeah. And then, so you took the exam. like, good luck. Make sure you get sleep. And then, uh, what else? See... Uh, and that was it. And the the next one, you just texted me the picture of you passing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you're crazy. So what? So I always ask this of everybody: when you pass the exam, what? Like, so you took the exam, right? So let's get to that question. What after the advice I gave you? What what happened during the exam? So we never really talked about it. Since. Yeah, we never really talked about it. Okay, so during the exam, I thought I failed. Uh. During the exam, I thought I failed. I was literally, I mean, I'm always doubting myself. I think that was the biggest problem. So I was crying during the exam. You were? (laughs) I was crying during the exam, and um, Ahima doesn't give scheduled breaks. So it's four hours, 180 questions. So um, I answered pretty much all the questions, and I had about an hour and some change left. So I was like, ah, let me go use the restroom and call yes. it a day. And I was, as soon as I got in the bathroom and I closed the door, I was freaking out. I was yelling. I was screaming. 
screaming. Mm. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> because it was so late. Like, I graduated on August 2nd, so I'm just thinking, I'm like, oh my goodness, if I don't pass today, like, this is a life or death situation. I was like, if I don't pass today, my graduation is going to be postponed from August till December. I already knew that off rip. If, I, <laughs> if that didn't happen, I was going to have to... Um, have my graduation postponed and that's what I was thinking constantly throughout the exam because my parents were telling me oh yeah you know we got our you know stuff ready for your graduation in August and I'm just like so if I fail that means all that money that they spent on the rental cars and yeah. the hotels and the suits and the dresses and the pictures, and the pictures all of that was going to go down the drain and I was going to get cussed out and it was, wow. just, it was crazy oh. so yeah, that's what I was thinking during the exam. And I remember, I, I, you literally, that conversation that we had, uh, I think it was maybe that Friday night or, or Friday afternoon, it literally clicked in my head before I clicked the submit button. I was like, you know what? Let me do what Brian said, right? And just go way <laughs> back to the beginning of the exam and just go through the test one more time. Because I couldn't go through it four more times. I mean, I wanted to, but... Um, I couldn't go through it four more times because I only had an hour left, and it was. Wait a second. So you so you took that so you took the test and and did you did you apply? You only applied it after you finished the exam, yes, or you didn't? <laughs> I was freaking out. So everything I told you out the window. Yes, I mean everything. Everybody told me what out the window. Uh, my professors, my other mentors, my parents, myself, everything completely. Went out the window. Oh my I was like, goodness. you know what? Let me do what Brian said and just and just go through the exam at least one more time. Now, I just sometimes I just wish though that I mean I'm pretty sure it doesn't happen for any certification exam where you can see what questions you got wrong wrong or right. But I just wish I could have I could have saw that because I wanted to know, okay, was I gonna pass if I were to hit submit then, or was I going to pass after going through the whole exam one more time. You know, I just wanted to know, okay, like, where my variations were. Was I going to be, like, a few percentages off from passing? Or I'm just wondering, hey, if I was, um, after that second attempt, okay, am I going to um, increase my score? Am I going to decrease it? That's all I was thinking throughout the exam. And, yeah, you, you really clicked in my head before I clicked that submit button. Because I'm not going to lie. I was like, listen, I'm just going to take one for the team. That's what my family's going to have to do at this point. Because, yeah, I failed. And that's $229 down the drain. <laughs> and that's all I was thinking about. And, yeah, I mean, when I when I saw that pass, I, I, didn't, I couldn't believe it. Because I walked out the room <laughs> knowing that I failed, right? And... Um, we took it. The, we took it at Pearson, um, one of the Pearson centers. I think it's the only Pearson center in Tallahassee. And I remember when the lady, um, of course, looked at my score report. Of course, she had to look at my name so she can give the right score report to the um, right person. And yeah, she gave it to me uh, face down. So I literally took it <laughs> right. I folded it. I didn't even look at it. I don't know. Oh, I no. didn't look at it. I was like. And she, of course, she had to take my ID to make sure to match the name with the score report. So I took it, folded, didn't look at it at all. 
So as I'm putting my, um, I'm, I have my, my bag, my book bag um, on one of the chairs in the front, and as I'm putting my ID in my, um, in my wallet and putting that into my bag, the paper accidentally opens up. So, oh. I, saw, <laughs> so I saw the pad and I, oh my goodness, like I literally wanted to scream, but I knew I couldn't because you know, other people were taking other certification exams. Oh, you were still in the building. Yeah, I was still in the building. And I knew, I was like, Erica, if you scream, these people are going to kick you out and you're never going to be allowed here again. So I was just like, you know what, let me hold, let me hold the positivity. And I waited until I got outside and then I screamed, right? Oh, wow. And I remember, of course, I had to, we had lockers to put our bags and everything and um, yes. Of course, I turned my phone off completely. I didn't even put it on silent, you know, just in case I accidentally, you know, had an alarm and that went off and I, I would disqualify me from yeah. continuing my exam. So I turned my phone off completely. Right. But the thing is, uh-huh. I didn't tell anybody, and you're probably going to really laugh at this too, or you might just, your uh, jaw might drop. But you were literally, I think, the only person I told. Oh, okay. Who, uh, yeah, you're Appreciate literally the that. only wow. person I told. Um, I think I told my uh, my siblings as well. I think one or two of my siblings. But in terms of, like, mentors um, and, you know, professors, I didn't even tell my professors when I'm taking my exam. I only told you. You were the only person. Oh, and also I told my other mentor, Tiffany McKenzie. But um, you were the only person, like, the first person I told, okay, like, I'm taking my exam. And I'm freaking out. And I remember when I turned my phone back on, I got like 13 missed calls from my mom. <laughs> and I got like about six missed calls from my dad. My sister was, you know, leaving me voicemails and text messages. And I didn't tell anyone where I was. So no one knew where I was that whole day. Um And because I think my appointment time for the exam was 2 p.m., if I'm not mistaken. And I didn't get out of there until about almost 6 o'clock. So, and yeah, that's that's what I did. And I got home. I ran upstairs to my roommate. (laughs) And I just started telling her, like, just my frustrations and, you know, my anxiety, how all of that just lifted off my chest because I knew, okay, I didn't, and I, and the crazy thing is I got an email from my professor, from my um, HIM program director on that day that I passed saying, oh, Erica, like, you really need to figure out when you're going to schedule to retake the mock exam because it is so vital for you before taking the RHIA, and if you don't pass, you know, you're not going to graduate. <laughs> like, she sent that email that same day and of course I didn't know because my phone was off and I was in the middle of the exam so when I saw that right I didn't even call her I didn't call her (laughs) I didn't email back I waited until the next day right I scanned my score well well, 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 what well hold on hold on so you that that day you passed Mm -hmm. right you went home you went to your your apartment Mm -hmm. what did you do to celebrate oh I just or just just go to sleep I was like, what did you order? That's why I always oh, ask. I ordered, I don't know if you ever heard of Zaxby's, but it's like a really Yes, the chicken? Yes. It was a really good place in Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. I miss that place so much. Um, 
And that's what I did. I was like, listen, I'm too tired to cook. I was like, it's not going to happen today. It's just not going to happen. Uh-huh. And and that's what I did. Zaxby's and it is. I think I, I, I can't remember if I, there was like a good basketball game <laughs> during that time. Um, no, actually, I don't think so because basketball normally ends in June. Anyways, um, yeah, I think it was like some movie I was watching or whatever. And that's what I did. And then afterwards, I prepared to go to sleep. And then I woke up that Tuesday morning around like seven in the morning and I scanned my score report to my laptop um, on my printer and I sent it to my uh, professors, all of them. I sent it to my associate dean, who was the former HIM uh, program director. I sent it to Dr. Burke, who's um, one of the main professors in the HIM program. And the current um HIM program director for FAMU is Dr. Cooper. I just sent all of them my score report. I didn't, I was like, <laughs> listen, I was like, bam. I'm done with I'm you all. You <laughs> I was so done <laughs> with this entire process. And I think, um, I can't remember exactly what I said. Oh, actually, I do remember. Um, I texted all of them pretty much the same thing. Of course, just changed the name for the right person. And I was just like, in the email, because um, I normally go to my professor's offices, you know, normally just to see how they're doing and um, to ask any questions, and I I do that on a regular basis. And, you know, in the email I was expressing to them, I was like, listen, I know I haven't been around much. I know you haven't heard from me for, like, I don't know, two, three weeks. <laughs> and I was just telling them, I was like, listen, I just had to be by myself. I had to... Um, get, you know, locked down and loaded and just study. And, you know, I remember around that time as well, my brother, he was so, my younger brother, he was so happy for me, but at the same time, he wasn't. Not in the sense that it was just, oh, okay, like, wow, you just passed an exam. He looked at it as, I'm not surprised because me and my brother are extremely close, so we're always talking about, like, anime. We're always talking about, you know, how crazy our parents drive us sometimes. And, you know, we always talk about everything. And I remember when I was speaking to him on that day, he was like, listen, I'm not surprised because every time I called you, you were studying. He was like, listen, I would always tell him, I'm like, listen, I'm studying. I'll call you back. If you don't hear from me, I'm studying if you don't hear from me from a couple of weeks, it's because I don't want to talk to anyone. And I just needed to isolate myself. I isolated myself from any type of distractions um, from anyone. I know my parents at first, of course, were upset because they haven't heard from me. Um, and I just, I just needed to be by myself because that was the only way I could focus. That was the only way that I could not um, – just just get distracted so easily. And I think during that time, I was studying, like, maybe, I know, well, actually, I know, because I, I definitely remember, um, I was studying about six to eight hours a day, sometimes eight to ten hours wow. a day. And sometimes, mm-hmm. just sometimes, I wouldn't take any breaks. So I was just, I was locked in, and my brothers and sisters, they were like, listen, we're, we're not surprised. My parents are surprised. They're jumping for joy but they weren't surprised because they knew every time they called me to see how I was doing or to um you know gossip or whatever the case was I wasn't I couldn't talk to them because I always told them I'm like listen 
Sometimes I wouldn't even pick up their phone calls. I'll just send them a quick text saying, I'm busy. I'm studying. I'm focused. I can't talk right now. And and that's just how my mojo was during that time. Yeah. Oh my so you had like a, a lot of weight f- lifted off your shoulders. Yes. I, I can imagine for real. I clogged my um, arteries with so much chicken that day. I really did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, truly really did. Yeah, I, I, I recently moved up to Central Florida and and just discovered Zaxby's. So uh, if you're in, a, I think it's it's. I don't think they have them in South Florida, but uh, the most of the when you go Central Florida up, they have a Zaxby's. Uh, pretty good. I mean that one, and uh, I don't. I, I know this is. <laughs> there's another place up here called uh, Huey Magoo's. I don't know if you've heard of that one. That's pretty I good. Don't think so. uh, I don't know why am I talking about food, but anyways, yeah. Uh, same same concept. It's, it, I think it's you know when you look at um, what do you call that place? Chick Fil A. So it's kind of like a competitor of that one. Um, so. After you passed your exam, then you were able to graduate. So just giving you guys a timeline as to what happened. Then uh, you sent me pictures. I posted it on uh, LinkedIn. Everybody loved it and was cheering. Yes. <laughs> was I thought that cheering was so for you. I literally teared up when I saw that. I'm not going to lie. I really yeah. did. I was like, fire. Yeah. <laughs> It was so yeah. funny. Now that's that's a it's it's a good accomplishment. I mean, yeah. um, not not so much for me, but for you. I was happy for you. I'm like you know, like you, um, you literally grabbed me and is you're you're like you're coming with me. No <laughs> matter what. Yes. I I like I like the approach where you like I don't care who you are, what you're doing. Um, I got your attention. Now that I got your attention, you're coming with me no matter what. And I, I totally appreciate, uh, you know, going along with you in that, uh, the college journey. My gosh. I mean, I, I never, for me, when I was in college, I never had that. Yeah. And so to, to relive it for me, uh, it was like, it was fun. I mean, like, you know, now not the fun for, for you, but <laughs> it was more fun for me because yeah. I'm like, you know, I, I, there's somebody out there. I can at least share what I know. It may not be good because like, apparently you told me you didn't, use, <laughs> you didn't use my advice till the last minute. Yeah. But regardless, um, I think my I think I think what what um, I think with the exam, I don't even care what, what you did with the advice. I, I think the one advice that I did tell you is that you'd be surprised what you do know. Yeah, and I think that's that's what came that should have came out of that. And then hopefully now that you've passed, you've realized like I do know my stuff. And I think the the passing, you know, of the RHIA is a true validation. And as soon as you pass, I'm sure you feel like I'm ready. Like, you know, you're, you're ready to take it on. Yeah. So you text me a bunch of pictures. I appreciate the pictures oh, yeah. uh, of your graduation. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm cool. I feel like I'm right there, too. <laughs> and then immediately after you you graduated, you got a job. So how did how did that transition happen so fast? Uh, yeah, it wasn't even two weeks um, after I graduated. <laughs> it wasn't even two weeks. Because at first I was like, mm, I wanted to take like a month maybe or two just to, uh, just to wind down, yeah. to relax, just to release yeah, the pressure. That's what I thought. And yeah, that, that was my plan. And um, basically around that time, like financially, my family got hit hard. And I knew I was like, as much as I just want to relax, because I saw a lot of my friends and a lot of my peers, you know, they were, you know, in Jamaica, they were in Mexico, they were in, you know, 
other places in the country, other states in the country, and I was just home looking at applications. And, I, of course, I know I'm not the only one because it is a lot of people who, a lot of students who deal with that kind of pressure. Like, we're not just doing this for us. We're doing this for our families. And that's what made me, you know, look for employment so early. And not only because of that, but it takes, like, four to six weeks just for a HR person to even just skim through your application. Right. So I was like, exactly. I have to start putting in applications early. And it was it was really a depressing time because, you know, I couldn't get – I wanted to work at a hospital first. I wanted to work at the memorials, one of the memorial hospitals, whether it was Memorial Hospital Primbrook or the one on Hollywood, any one of them. Um, I remember I applied to the Nicholas um, Children's Hospital. I applied to um, – Mount Sinai, like there were so many different hospitals in or and or health systems that I applied to, and I just couldn't find employment. I couldn't get a call back. I couldn't, you know, my, um, you know, when you check the status of your application, it was, you know, straight denials. It wouldn't even get to the manager's or the hiring manager's desk. So that was that was really a depressing time. So what I really would like to say for students who are listening and not just students, but professionals who, you know, maybe plan on um, changing career paths or things of that nature. um, It is okay to get a referral for a position. And what I mean by that is for the current position that I have, I got referred the position. Um, And it was, at first I was like, I'm so I was so sad, and I say that because I was like, dang it, I, I can't get a position on my own merit. That was the thing that was constantly clicking in my head. Oh, like, yeah. I okay. felt like it sucks I couldn't get a job because of whatever whatever the reason was. And it, it, I felt bad. I was like, man, I, I can't get a job on my own merit. I have to you know, have a referral. And as, now that I think about it, it's, I always put in my head, it's not about what you know, but who you know. And ever since oh, I course. started, yes. you know, thinking about that constantly over and over and over again, I started to get more positive. I started to get more, um, I started to uplift myself, empower myself a lot more. And when I got that referral, I was I was really excited at first because, I mean, I was like, eh, it's not really exactly what I wanted, but it's going to get me the experience I need in order for me to get where I want to go. So it's all about sticks and stones. It's all about, you know, making sacrifices and not starting where you think you're going to start. And a lot of the HIM professionals today who have about 20, maybe 30 years of experience will attest to listen, I have to start off as a clerk with an RHIA, you know, and a lot of us don't want, a lot of us millennial students do not want to go that route. We're like, listen, this RHIA costs us $229, you know, this RHIA. We want the return on an investment now. We want the return on an investment. We want to see, okay, where did all our tuition dollars, where did our dollars for textbooks and study guides, where did all of that go? Because we're not we're not seeing it. I mean, no one wanted to um, start in a minimum wage job or entry level job for that um, for that matter. And it was it was tough. 
But, you know, I swallowed my pride, which is really hard to do when you're Caribbean. Um, and I just, I just went with it. And I made it a very positive experience for me, a very um, exciting experience because I love my coach of my job, even though I'm going to get cross-trained in three different areas of the business before I actually get to my position. But at the same time, I'm, I'm enjoying myself. Um, I'm having a really great time, and I'm grateful for, of course, the person who referred me the position, which is um, a significant other of one of my siblings. So I'm, I'm very grateful for her for doing that for me. Um, and I'm just grateful for just being in a position where I'm able to just thank someone for something, thank someone for for um, reaching out to me, for giving me an opportunity. And I think we, as millennials, sometimes don't appreciate enough. We, we're we not grateful enough because at the end of the day, I was, I, as much as I didn't want to, I was looking at those entry-level positions because even though I was like, eh, I really don't know if I want to be an HIM clerk, but it's going to get me that experience that I need because at the end of the day, when I did my clinical rotations and when I did my internship, I wasn't in a hospital. So either way, even though I passed my RJA exam, I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the play-by-play. I needed to know, okay, how does the HIM, how does HIM function in real-world scenarios? And because of that, it was yeah. It was depressing. There you go. Good. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> And because of that, it was yeah. really depressing. And But, you know, I, I'm really happy now. I never thought that my first Good. job, and I do mean my first job, because <laughs> I've never been employed anywhere else. And Oh, really? This is your first job my ever? My first job ever, yes. Um, well, my first job technically Impressive. was really, um, of course, working with my parents. Or oh, just in healthcare. Yeah, yeah, just in healthcare. Because I, I worked with my parents... Um, they had a bill payment office, so I would just, I always, that's where I gained my general office skills. That's where I gained my, my customer okay, service, okay. my typing, my, you Good. know, um, Microsoft skills and things of that nature. Um, and, and, well, financial transactions and all those things going on. And that's where I really gained my experience. And I started that when I was about 12 years old. So I've been doing it, like, for a very long time up until now. And... You know, my parents sometimes will go to Haiti, you know, on either missionary trips or will, you know, go to see family members, and they will just leave me by myself and or sometimes leave me with an older sibling, and I would just handle the business by myself um, because I know it in the back of my hand. I've been doing it for so long. So it, even to this day, um, when I was in Tallahassee and my parents, of course, are in South Florida, my dad will still call me while I'm in Tallahassee, asking me to do things for him. So I was, I still had access to a lot of the systems that they use um, on my laptop. So that's, that's where I really gained my experience. And I think it's important for students to understand where it is okay to start entry level, because those are the paths that really make you successful. And those are the paths that really make you humble, in my opinion. There you go. That, I like that where it, it puts you in your place. Yeah. Like this is, I think, I think like, you know, for me, when I got my RHIA, uh, I think this applies to anybody who gets their RHIA. And, and you just said it like you, you felt like you're like when you pass the RHIA, 
there's a certain validation, like a little prestige, a little bit. But then uh, one of the downsides is that you be ca- you can become overzealous. Yeah. And one one of the and I always tell the story. As soon as I got my RHIA, I applied for a directorship uh, of HIM, considering that I have not managed anybody so you know i you know you you get what you asked for and sometimes it can bite you in the butt so i for me i like the approach of the ground to you know you start off from the ground up and and when you whatever position it is even if it's not in the hospital or not regardless healthcare is healthcare uh, i think the goal in your time in the beginning of your healthcare career is to understand the ins and outs right when you understand the ins and outs over time then you begin to realize oh i learned this in school this this process here is called this this process here is called that then you start to begin labeling what you are doing in terms of your position and over time once you get an understanding of understanding the workflow and then understanding what it is, then you progress into more like, how can I fix it? How, how can I identify? Like, that's where the quality starts to pop out. Like, how were the problems in these processes? And then you start to become more of a problem solver. And that's where you evolve as an HIM person. That's what happened to me. Like, you know, I, you got to be put in your place. Yeah. And you got to pay your dues. I always tell everybody that. And like, no, I need to be the consultant. I need to be the auditor. I'm like, dude, you're not ready. For <laughs> yeah, yet. You got to slow down. All. So, um, yeah. So I, I'm actually impressed that you have that position, a quality position, even though you're working your way up to that. You're they're 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 doing a great job ramping you up to that position. And so you're and what my suggestion is, is just learn it. Just understand what the process is and then try to apply it in what you have learned Um in your education, and I think when you talk about millennials and and their pro, you know the the going to school, it's like where's the return on investment? Well, basically, you got the return on investment on what you learn, but I think what they don't realize is that you haven't used it yet. Right. So you have it, but you haven't used it yet. So to say, and then just to go back and saying, you know, I know you you self realized it, but then uh, getting a job on your own merit, I said, well, what merit do you have? <laughs> What do you? What yeah. merit do you have? Oh. What do you have to prove? Right, right, I mean, you right. got not. I mean, I know you have something, and then you have. You, know, you explained that you have experience as a twelve-year-old, but as an HIM professional, what merit do you have? Like, could I tell you to go to do a national speaking gig as a fresh graduate? Maybe on a merit on your experience up until now, yes. But as moving forward and trying to present something uh, on the HIM industry, not yet. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? So you don't have that. You don't have any tools. You don't have any. To me, it's like in 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 my journey in my career is always. Oh, that's a story. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this yeah. will be a story that I could tell later on. You know. So I, I you know I always try in my. In my career, like oh, I, I'll I'll remember that one. I gotta write that one down. So it becomes more like now that I'm speaking, I can talk about concepts and stuff like that. But I think more what I have done is 
try and tell those stories. So kudos to you, man. Thank I, I, you. I'm definitely <laughs> proud of you to getting a job, right? I'm like, you got a job right away? Yeah. What's the job? Quality? I'm like, excuse me. And what? Bio, biopharmaceuticals? Excuse me. <laughs> you know, so th- those those things, those key terms, even though when you look at the position, you're like, ah, it doesn't seem like, it, you know, it's a quality in bio- biopharmaceuticals. You can still put that on your resume. You know, you got to somehow appreciate what you're doing and see like, okay, how is it looking? like in the bigger picture where do i fit in that bigger picture etc etc all right so we've talked long enough yeah <laughs> <laughs> can i tell you that it's over an hour um so i'm just uh, just some final words for me to you is i'm just very proud Thank you. uh just as a we started out as a mentor mentee but to me now that you have um obtained your rhia and you're now working, you are now labeled as a colleague, yes, you know, yes. um, even as a friend now, even, but we haven't even met yet. So once we meet, then then we could switch the label. Yeah. Like, OK, once we get a picture <laughs> together, we're good. All yes. right. So we got to that's the next the next step. Don't call me anymore. Or you can call me. You could text me. But I think the next opportunity now is that we have to uh go to one of those one of those conferences and get a good picture couple pictures yeah. uh to commemorate all the stuff that you've done all right so i have uh two more questions before we wrap it up um what are your plans so now you have you graduated you got your rhia you got a job so what is the future what does the future hold for you uh once i can get through financial aid for grad school that is the most, that is one of the things I hate about higher education is applying for RASPA because it's just such a tedious process. But the next thing for me is I am looking, well, I already submitted my application um, for the, for University of South Florida's um, MSHI program, which is the Master's of Science in Health Informatics in the concentration of healthcare data analytics. And so I went ahead and put that application in. Um, I have a mentor, well, not a mentor, an advisor. Her name is Tammy Hemby, so shout out to Miss Hemby. I love you so much. Um, and she calls me <laughs> all the time to see how I'm doing, and she's just, I Good. always look forward to our conversations because she's always motivating me, and she's always just, I can't wait to, to see what you do next. And because of that, um, I'm just so grateful for her and I'm so grateful for our conversations and for her motivations and things of that nature. Um, so that's my next step. Um, the program, well, the classes start, I believe October 14th. So I'm supposed to be receiving an admissions decision sometime. Um, I What? So you're jumping right into master's right away? Yes. Wow. Well, my initial plan was, to um, because they have fall one, fall two, spring one, spring two, summer one, summer two. So they really have like two semesters in one. So for example, um, I'm in fall two. So fall two starts in October and ends in December. And spring one starts, I believe, maybe January 6th or 7th or so. And each class, each course is eight weeks. But I was thinking to myself, I was like, I don't want to take a, a whole a whole entire semester off because I I was I guess afraid of losing interest as well as wasting time because I just wanted to be in a position where I don't want to get too comfortable too complacent in my current position where 
okay, I decide I'm not going to pursue grad school or I decide I'm not going to pursue another certification. Even though I'm a very motivated person, but, you know, sometimes when you start working and you have obligations, you know, everything else pretty much goes out the window. Um, and right, I right, just right. wanted to start it as soon as possible. So here good, I am. Good. Yep. <laughs> Strike it while it's hot. Yes, yes indeed. <laughs> Wonderful. So that is on the plate. Healthcare informatics, healthcare data analytics. That I mean, to me, uh, I think that's the next step in terms of the HIM, healthcare. Or the industry. When you consider... Yeah, for the industry period, because when you consider um, when the EMR came out, I mean, in the early 2000s, could you imagine how much data there is now and trying to get professionals to go through them and make decisions, run through reports, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So they need professionals on that. Kudos to you on on picking that up, because to me, that that is the key Yes, is where you, you, know, you have massive, not just not just a spreadsheet, but just massive, yes. massive years uh enterprise data uh who's going to go through that and how do you present that and so you already have the skill of 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 talking i mean could you imagine uh just for me what i think is that once you get your master's you're able to analyze that data but i think what's most important what you have as far as a skill is presenting the data right so that's what i see is like you're presenting the data, you're showing this off, you're going to be a national speaker. I already see it. I already see it already. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Erica Brady, national speaker on healthcare data informatics, et cetera, whatever, even in biopharmaceuticals. Yes. You know, I think what's nice is that you do it in an industry that is outside the HIM. And if you could figure out what your skills are and what you've learned in something that is totally far off on the left field, uh, that to me is a wonderful niche you know, when you think about niche and marketing and stuff like that, you want to go where nobody's at. Right. Uh, and, and build yourself a reputation and develop your own merit into where you become the the specialist, the expert yes, in the field. The, so that's wonderful. <laughs> yes. There you go. Yes, exactly. The subject matter expert, yes. Erica Brady, <laughs> R-H-I-A. And, and one of the reasons <laughs> why um, I wanted to pursue that specific concentration, because to me, I feel like, as an as soon to be maybe hopefully crossing my fingers um a healthcare executive to me you need to be as extensive as possible you need to be well rounded as possible so to me looking into data analytics is how am i how am i able to apply this data to administrative clinical and financial purposes for me what it's about is when I look at a patient's chart, I want to be able to look at the administrative aspect of, oh, okay, what type of insurance do they have? I want to be able to look at their demographics, things of that nature. Then when you look at the clinical aspect, I want to, hey, what are their diagnosis codes? What are What is not matching? What is... Um, is sepsis supposed to be there? Do they have hypertension? Like, what are the clinical... Um, aspects and how can we make it better? What are the payment status indicators? What are, you know, so many different things. Are there, you know, safety indicators that we need to worry about? Um, when I look at the financial aspect, I'm looking at, of course, you know, the type of insurance that they have. Are they able to, you know, pay out of pocket? Do they have co-pays, deductibles? I want to be able to understand each aspect of a patient chart, you know, and just be able to present that data to be able to manipulate it into um, a way of 
making better decisions regarding the delivery of patient care and things of that nature. So that was one of the reasons why, okay, yeah, this is where I want to be. Nice. I, I like how you found that fit. And, and, and your goal of being a healthcare executive, you always have to yeah. have a finger on the pulse of what's going on in the organization. And if you have your finger <laughs> yeah. on the data, <laughs> I think I think right. you already have a, a leg up, you know. So uh, wonderful. Yeah, good decision on that one. Uh, so let's go to our final question. So I'm sure a lot of people have been listening, students and everybody. What so and you've gone much. through a lot. It is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right? So much. I mean, I'm sure it's it's now on the up and up. So uh, I can only, you know, um, see good things uh, moving on forward from here. So uh, what best words of advice could you give to our best listeners today? Advice. Oh, wow. Study schedule. <laughs> I, can't, I can't express that enough. Having a study schedule is so important putting sleep on your study schedule making sure you're getting that seven hours of sleep um putting your class schedule putting your work schedule just really being organized trying to find try to be passionate go there are so many topics in HIM don't only think okay I don't want to be a coder so where do I go from here HIM isn't strictly coding. Yes, it's a it's a leg up in terms of oh, okay, you know how to code because it is a very rare skill. It's not coding is not something that you can just learn in a day and call, and just you know just become a coder. It takes time. Um, and I think I would um, suggest that even HIM professionals now, not just students, not to be afraid of coding because and you know just I guess. Um, diminish the importance of coding, I should say. Um, and I just, I think it's important to talk to someone, even if it's not a clinically licensed, you know, individual in terms of mental health, but to just have someone to talk to. And that's one of the reasons why I reached out to you during my anxiety attack is because I didn't necessarily, not saying not, you know, downplaying the importance of medical um, of mental health, but just being able to have access to someone. I think that was the reason of my breakdown is because everybody was sleeping because it was at a terrible time, you know, versus if it happened early in the afternoon, I was, I would be able to have access to someone to talk to someone to calm my nerves and to calm my anxiety. Um, another thing I would say is social media. Um, and I say that in a positive way, um, Look at Twitter, look at LinkedIn, um, follow the right people. And I know this is so random, but I definitely want to give a shout-out to Brad Justice. Um, I believe you know who that is, and I follow him on Twitter. I am so thankful for him because he's always posting such interesting articles. And I always I always try to make the time to go through them throughout the day, Um so he's, like he says, um, I think it says on his profile where he's the most connected HIM professional, and that is definitely true. Um, so I definitely want to give a shout-out to him, a shout-out to Jessica Du, who's also one of my mentors, another Florida a graduate, just uh, throwing that out there for us Rattlers. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, and if you're really interested in the HIM program, always have a mentor. It, it doesn't have to be one mentor. It could be two. It could be three. Um, try to diversify um, your knowledge. Try to diversify your interests. 
Yeah, and and that's that's one of the things I think um is just so just so crucial um during this time because we are moving into that informatics, that analytics um side of healthcare, that technology side of healthcare, which I think is so so vital. Um and just have fun with the information. If you could find a way to have fun with learning the information, you will be just fine. Because throughout my studies, not just when I was doing projects or whatever, but even when I was studying for the licensing exam, um, well, the credential exam, I was listening to music in certain times. You know, I was listening to study music. I wasn't, like, you know, listening to crazy stuff, but I was listening to study music. And I'm not saying that you have to go through um, – studying six to eight hours a day like I did. I just did it because, one, I was bored, um, and two, I was just, that's just, to me, that was my way of locking in. If you know your way of locking in, you'll be, you'll be fine. Well, there you have it. That is my interview with Erica Brady. As an update, she actually has been accepted by the University of South Florida's Health Information and Data Analytics Master's Program. So she's right on the ball from graduating to getting credentialed to actually getting her first job and now going into a master's. So I see a lot of great things with Erica. By the way, you can connect with her on LinkedIn. Geek.com.